Hi, this is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven-part true crime podcast called Lawyers, Guns, and Money that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct. From Jack Bryan, the director of American PSYOP, comes the incredible true story of John Mattis, a newly sworn-in Miami public defender in the 1980s who has found himself completely in over his head. I step off the plane, and there is a van with a couple guys with Uzis. And one of them in broken English said, welcome to Bogota, John. Mattis's first felony defendant has been arrested for having a machine gun and tells Mattis a dangerous secret. He was shipping arms into Central America on behalf of the CIA as a first-time lawyer. I want to act like I know what I'm doing. But with the help of a Colombian drug smuggler, how much money the CIA raised by hitting up drug dealers? A lot of money, millions of dollars. An Alabama mercenary. They were prepared to die to the last man. I saw this in them. I saw the fire in their eyes. And they made me their war chief. And a newly elected senator, John Kerry. We are looking at allegations of drug running, gun smuggling, conspiracy to commit murder and murder itself. He'll fight to free his client. The judge said... Show me, in a courtroom, how we were at war. Expose an illegal war being run by the White House. I mean, I wanted him involved, but I didn't want to be on record as doing it. And somehow stay alive in the process. I just escaped a kidnapping by the CIA in Costa Rica. This is Lawyers, Guns, and Money. So you have a man in Armani suit standing in the bow of a boat with a rocket launcher and says, if I lose sight of you, I will launch. You will be vaporized. Available everywhere starting October 29th, or get it ad-free and early starting October 22nd at lawyersgunsandmoney.supercast.com. There you'll find bonus episodes along with exclusive content. Subscribe now. So to be clear, Mr. Trump has no financial relationships with any Russian oligarchs. That, that's what he said. I, I, that's what I said. That's obviously what the, the, our position is. I'm not aware of uh, any of those activities. I have been called a surrogate at a time or two in that campaign, and I didn't have not have communications with the Russians. What do I have to get involved with Putin for? I have nothing to do with Putin. I've never spoken to him. I don't know anything about him other than he will respect me. Russia, if you're listening, I hope you're able to find the 30,000 emails that are missing. So, it is political. You're a communist. No, Mr. Green. Communism is just a red herring. Like all members of the oldest profession, I'm a capitalist. Greetings, I'm A.G. You are listening to Mueller, she wrote. Oh my gosh, you guys, this week is insane. Uh, with me, as always, to go through this incredible week of news is uh, Jaleesa. Say hi. Hey, what's up, guys? I've got Jordan. Hello. And today, we have a special guest. Uh, say hi to Brendan Woodruff. Hello. Hi, okay. Brendan. How are you what's doing? Going? I'm doing good. Excellent. Just... You going to be at the Comedy Palace tonight? Yeah, I'm not performing. I'm filming stuff, but yeah. We still like you. <laughs> it's okay. All right. All right, so we're going to go over this bombshell uh, week. Uh, pretty quickly. It's a big week in the Mueller investigation and by far the busiest news week in the Russia probe since we began this podcast. 
So we will try to get through everything. Jordan is going to talk to us a little bit later about the Department of Justice's letter to Nunez, our friend uh, Pedro. No Tilda Nunez. No Tilda Nunez. (laughs) Nunez, sorry. Uh, do you really? I wonder. Like, I can't. I can't imagine he took the Tilda out to like whiten up his name. But I mean, Nikki Haley did it. But Tilda Swinton is the whitest person in the world. She clearly is. <laughs> so, She's translucent, yeah. pretty much. Oh, you have an awesome Shout joke out. about yeah, that. Yeah, All right. Dude. So anyway, nobody's stealing. <laughs> <laughs> no one's taking it, Jordan. You're you're cool. Um, so she's going to talk about the uh, the Nunez memo. Uh, hashtag release the memo. Jaleesa has kindly agreed to cover uh, Dutch intel. Yes. <laughs> the Dutch. And I'll be going over Trump's order to fire Mueller last June and other obstructions of justice, if that's if that's the... What's the, the common the noun? Yeah. <laughs> that sounds about right. What's the noun for, like, the, the, the plural noun for obstructions of justice? Like a murder of obstructions? I don't know. We'll, <laughs> we'll have to make up something. We'll figure it out. You guys uh, tweet at us at Mueller She Wrote and tell us what we should call that uh, group of, of obstructions of justice. <laughs> um, you're going to want to go back. Before you start this, you're going to go want to back, go back and listen to previous episodes, especially episodes four, six, and eight. The Evens or the Stevens, they're the best uh, because they have a lot of pertinent information that you're going to hear today. And listening to the episodes in chronological order actually will really help you get a succinct overview of where we are um, and you know where we were at the point of the first indictments, where we are now, and how we got here. So that's uh, kind of fun to do. Um, I think you should do this soon because I feel like more indictments are coming, you guys. And with all the news this week, it appears the beginning of this investigation is at a fevered pitch right now. Uh, also, please follow us on Twitter and Facebook for your chance to win a PlayStation 4. Woo! Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so basically a while ago, I, I, I put up a post about how there's this bombshell news that we have Reince Priebus's notes from, you know, uh, obstruction of justice proving obstruction of justice and i got like six likes and then right <laughs> shortly after i'm like hey i got a playstation 4 today i got like 185 <laughs> likes <laughs> so uh to you know to keep in spirit with uh, how algorithms work on facebook we're giving away a playstation 4 once we hit 10,000 followers on twitter 10,000 likes on facebook is, um is this one of those situations where like i've like when you're an employee you can't enter the sweepstakes no, you can enter. Awesome. Please enter. Anyone's, okay. anyone's, anyone's now game. Now I have to enter. I didn't know that. <laughs> and so one person's going to win it. If you... if you, <laughs> One of us is definitely going to win it. <laughs> if you, the random drawing? It's me. No way. <laughs> See, I already have one, so I'm not <laughs> eligible. But if you... if What's really great is that if you uh, follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook, you double your chances. And please share it with your friends because you're not lowering your chances because I'm not giving shit away until we reach 10,000 on each. So... Get, we got to get to that point first, and then we're going to pick a random person. So please follow us on Twitter at Muller She Wrote. You're going to win a PlayStation 4, I guarantee it. Um, and we're also now on Instagram at Muller She Wrote, right? Yes, we are. Sweet. We've got that going on. This podcast is and will always be free, but now, dun dun dun, you can subscribe to us on Patreon. So go there and look for us. Uh, and at, at different levels, $2 level a month, $5 a month, $10 a month, you're going to get merch. We're starting to make merch. We have Comey is my homie and Muller She Wrote stickers and shirts. We have uh, a tote bag, Muller She Totes. Okay? Um, we're going to have the long-anticipated sexy, sexy justice calendar, yes. probably at the $10 a month level. You can also buy these things individually once we have our website up, which is coming soon. Keep your eye out. But subscribe to us now. And once the merch comes, we're going to send it to you first. Um, and subscribers will also not have to listen to we don't have ads yet but 
we're getting we're blowing up and somebody <laughs> might be like we need to monetize you and Squarespace. if you <laughs> if you are a subscriber you're not going to have to listen to any ads including all this bullshit i'm talking about right now uh and you're going to get a free weekly newsletter that includes every link to every article that we reference, any pictures that we're laughing about, anything that you know you might need to know. And we may also be having some extra content and additional episodes that are only available to subscribers. So please go to Patreon, look for Muller She Wrote, subscribe, or make a one-time donation. We love you. We will consider you a subscriber at certain levels uh, if you do make a one-time donation. So make sure that, I mean, you guys, you have to. The weekly newsletter is worth it. I think so. Yeah, that'll be great. <clears throat> so I never imagined how much love we'd get for this podcast. Your support is like absolutely overwhelming to me. Like I thought we would, I would just be talking and uh, for the sake <laughs> of hearing myself talk. So this is very humbling. We truly love and appreciate all of you. So thank you very much. All right, Mueller fans, let's get this crazy week interview started with just the facts. All right, let's start with Sunday. Washington Post reported that Veselnitskaya attended Congressman Dana Rohrabacher's black tie inaugural party a year ago. You guys. Sorry, I live near that district. That is not surprising. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Veselnitskaya? You guys know Veselnitskaya. She's the lawyer slash uh, Russian person. She was the representing that uh, um, one. Oh, what were they called? The... You know what? Never mind. Editor. Trying to overturn the Magnitsky the lawyer, Act. The lawyer that oh, emailed Don Jr. or whatever, right? Well, right. She's She was at the yeah. June 2016 meeting. Yeah. Uh, she's uh, was uh, one of the people who Putin put in charge of, of trying to block the Magnitsky Act or overturn the Magnitsky Act. She she was part of that campaign, and she was at that Russia meeting. So she was at Congressman Dana Rohrabacher's black tie inaugural party a year ago. Ooh. Uh, they also reported that a gaggle of other Russians who attended inaugural festivities, including... Boris Tidoff, Alex Repic, and his wife Polina. Of course, you know Polina. <laughs> so Russian. You can get the entire real, scoop. Right? <laughs> you can get the entire scoop in the in the in the WAPO article. That's my little name for Washington Post. You can get that in the WAPO article. We'll put it out in the newsletter. All right. So that was Sunday. That was the biggest news on Sunday. I thought, oh, we're kicking off to a slow news week. But Monday, we found out lawyers were supposed to have a conference on Monday to discuss the sentencing of Papadopoulos, uh, but that has been delayed by Mueller. For three months. That gives us an interesting hint into the timeline we could be looking at, okay, for this all to start wrapping up, or at least ending the beginning of the investigation. Also on Monday, Vanity Fair reported that Trump said, quote, I have another nut job here who thinks he's running things about John Kelly, and that he's actually consider, considering firing his <laughs> chief of staff, John Kelly. The, one of the only sane people in the bunch. He's still a dick, but whatever. <laughs> um, also on Monday, the New York Times released a story about the memo written by the House GOP uh, members allegedly containing insane news about how the FBI used the dossier to obtain FISA warrants against House Trump. That's what I'm going to call it from now on. <laughs> House Trump. I'm a Game of Thrones fan. Uh, Jordan's going to cover that a little bit later. Yep. And now, all right, get this. Axios dropped a story uh, that I thought was the story of the week on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> and on Monday, that's, I guess, kind of a big deal. The FBI director, Ray, okay, W-R-A-Y, I always spell his name, I don't know why. <laughs> Who is Ray? So he's a Republican guy appointed by Trump um, to uh, to run the FBI after he fired Comey. He, he's donated upwards of $40,000 to the Trump campaign, I think 39000 somewhere between thirty and 39000 wow. Well, he threatened to resign amidst pressure from Trump and Sessions to remove Deputy FBI Director Andrew McCabe. 
So who's McCabe? Well, we'll go into that a little bit later, but he's one of the, I call him the Comey Five. Mm-hmm. When Comey had all of his crazy meetings with Trump and he wrote memos and then he went and talked to five high-ranking FBI officials to tell him contemporaneously this crazy shit went down, McCabe is one of the Comey Five. The other half of this crazy story happens on Tuesday. Ready for what happened Tuesday? Oh yes. my God. What I thought at the time, and I have in my notes as the busiest news day in history. <laughs> <laughs> on Tuesday, Rebicki announced he was leaving the FBI. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, so think back to episode eight. <laughs> I talked about the secret meeting between Ray Rosenstein and Ryan. Remember that? When they showed up on Capitol Hill? Mm-hmm. And it was supposed to be about Nunes? And I tweeted on January 5th that one of the significant aspects of that meeting is that Ryan asked for Rebicki to testify to the House Intelligence Committee. And remember when I told you about the five guys, right? The Comey Five. Mm-hmm. The uh, the weird meetings with Trump um, when he asked for loyalty from Comey and he hoped he could stop investigating Flynn and Russia and that Comey wrote memos and memorialized them by telling top FBI officials. Those guys, the Comey Five, McCabe, Baker, Ribicki, or Ribicki, Bowditch, and Gattas. <laughs> G-H-A-T-T-A-S. Gattas. Make a shirt where they're a band and then you'll remember. There you go. Ah, the dude, five. I love that it. would be hilarious. Like a screamo metal band. <laughs> like the Jackson 5 is what I was thinking. Oh, okay. That's way uh, cooler. I was thinking, I was thinking Norway. Uh, well, Rebicki's quitting now. So couple that with a story from Monday about Trump pressuring Ray to fire McCabe and you've got another possibility of obstruction of justice. Mm-hmm. So this is a huge story to me and no one else really thought much of it, but I thought it was one of the biggest ones of the week. But that was Tuesday. <laughs> Uh, Maddow disagreed with me on Tuesday. She thought that the bombshell was the whole Kushner-China story, um, which I'll talk about in a minute. But basically, um, the uh, intel, uh, U.S. intel, intercepted communications between the Chinese ambassador and the Chinese government that they had met several times with Kushner to like do deals back and forth about adjusting policy versus getting, I don't know, HB1 visas or something. That's theory. I don't know. But for sure what happened is that the intel intercepted these communications and Kushner is a giant vagina. Also, the president of uh, China is on Trump's list of his favorite people, right? Yeah. It's him, Putin, and then the Turkey. Turkish. Yeah. yeah. I'm surprised he didn't put the Filipino guy in there. He loves that guy. Oh, and yeah. then, the, uh, yeah, the Erdo- Erdogan, the Turkish guy. Uh, also, uh, that day, more texts were released from Strzok and Page, and the Republicans are dancing around them with their faces painted in uh, inappropriate display of pride. Uh, one of the texts, however, I have to point this out. They're like, more texts. We got more texts. And then five months of the texts were missing, and everyone's like, Dowdy was like, where's the text? You're keeping them from us. And I give them credit, because it did seem a little fishy that from the election yeah. to May, when Mueller was appointed, the texts were missing. Mm-hmm. But it turns out that they were replacing everyone's phone in the FBI with new phones, oh. and and like a good 10% of the phones had all their texts missing. Yeah, lots they of did, stuff was missing. Yeah, they ended up finding the texts, so shut up. Um, <laughs> and one of the texts actually that came out on May 19th, which is two days after uh, Mueller was appointed um, uh, uh, by Rosenstein, uh, he's the uh, deputy attorney general, uh, had dis- they were discussing basically him and, and Paige, his lover. I hate that they use that word. They were lovers. <laughs> Uh, they had discussed whether or not Strzok would be asked to be on Mueller's team. And here's what he said. He said uh, to Paige, he said, you and I both know the odds are nothing. If I thought I was likely, if I thought it was likely, I'd be there, no question. But I hesitate in part because my gut sense and concern is there's no big there there. So how can somebody be biased against Trump and think that he was innocent at the onset of the investigation? Hmm. Strzok thought there's no there there. And that's, I mean, that's 
kind of like shuts down the whole thing about them being biased in the first place. Um, and also, on a secondary note, how can you be biased as an investigator if you don't like someone? If, if you're looking to dig up dirt on somebody, not liking them makes you do your job better. <laughs> I, I saw a post from uh, Dave Cyrus, I think is his name, but he was like, he was basically saying the same thing. Like the people who are investigating Larry Nasser can't say he's a creep. And then suddenly he gets off. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Come on. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Right. So like if I'm an investigator and I'm looking to see if someone, somebody says, take a look at this guy. If I like that guy, then my bias might impact the investigation because right. I might not look at certain things. Yeah. If I don't like that guy, I'm going to look at everything yeah. and I'm going to do a better job. I don't know. It's Unless weird you're to me. lying and fabricating evidence. then it's, it's weird to me. If you find crimes, it's not because you didn't like the guy. It, it, the only way you can be biased in an investigation is if you like the person and you don't find crimes. So anyway, I thought that that was really interesting. Um, anyhow, these texts are just another attempt to discredit Mueller and the FBI. They're like Benghazi or the emails, or Uranium One, or Nunez's memo. No one ever found a shred of criminality enough to appoint special prosecutors for but any of these. But it buys them time, so... Oh, well, they're just well, they're a bunch of teenage girls obsessed over texts. Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> I like it. That's good. You won't believe what he said. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, I'm old. That's what teenagers sound like to me. Um, Raw Story also reported on Tuesday that Biden had said McConnell blocked Obama from warning Americans about Russian interference. I thought that was interesting. I'm not sure how McConnell can block a president, but that's what with Biden... With his shell. That's what Uncle yeah, with his pace. <laughs> So that was interesting. We also found out from the Washington Post that Mueller will interview Trump himself in the coming weeks, and the interview will be focused on the firing of Flynn and Comey and obstruction of justice. So not about collusion. Not about collusion. <laughs> it's about obstruction of justice. Nice. Uh, Washington Post Which is also, also a crime. What was that? Oh, yeah. Which is also a crime. Oh. So I don't know why he's... Saying that's better at all. It's actually a crime. Collusion is a crime. Nobody's trying <laughs> yeah, to. exactly. Nobody's trying Fucking to charge idiot. you with, like, it's not about my orange hair. No, you're right. Correct. That's not a crime. Although it should be. <laughs> um, After this, it will be. <laughs> yeah, like the Hitler mustache. <laughs> oh, I hope so. Washington Post also reported Tuesday that after Trump fired Comey, he called McCabe, the acting FBI director, into the Oval Office and asked him who he voted for and then besmirched his wife for being a Democrat. Uh, McCabe said he didn't vote in the election, uh, which he didn't. I think he was a Bush. Yeah, that was confirmed. He voted in the primary. Yeah, he was a Jeb Bush guy, I think. Um, And and so now Mueller is interested in that conversation as well. Uh, I I need to remind you that McCabe is part of the Comey Five. Can I point out that I don't think Donald Trump knows what the word besmirched means? Neither do I. I was going to (laughs) say, at least I'm with him on that. (laughs) I don't think he's a listener. um, But if you are Donald Trump, please subscribe to the $1 million a month level. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll send you nothing. A steaming pile of shit. (laughs) We'll send you an indictment. (laughs) Perfect. Also, this is so cool. On Tuesday, Ray, the FBI director, tapped Bente to replace Baker as general counsel to the FBI. All right, so Baker is one of the Comey Five, right? And he got moved out of his spot as general counsel, the lawyer for the FBI. So Ray has to appoint somebody. So what does Ray do? He appoints Bente, the guy who Trump fired, who was third in line, <laughs> that would have to carry out the order to fire yeah. Mueller if Rosenstein disagreed. 
And so, and Bente has been on this investigation for a long time. So that's kind of a giant fuck you. And he me. can do that legally? Yeah, he's the director of the FBI. That's amazing. He can appoint whoever the F he wants. He put Bente in that job. I am so excited. Mm-hmm. On Tuesday, also, Felix Sater was indicted in the New York Southern District and served with subpoenas relating to high-profile money laundering, laundering cases involving Kazakhstan. Remember the whole Kazakhstan thing we were talking about mm-hmm. with the three guys, the Troika? Yeah. So that's really interesting. Um, he's, you know, the, these guys stole billions of dollars from BTA Bank in Kazakhstan and laundered it through real estate dealings with who? Russia? Donald Trump. <laughs> Synonymous. Trump, so ho. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that same thing. Same Z's. <laughs> Six and one half dozen. Also on Tuesday, CNN reported that Gates could be changing his plea and cooperating with Mueller, as indicated by the new attorney he's just hired. That's fantastic. Good Mm. job, Gates. High five. (laughs) So just to recap Tuesday, the craziest news day I've seen so far in the world. Uh, Gates could change his plea. Sater was indicted in New York. Ray hired Dana Bente to replace Baker, who was pressured to reassignment by Trump. Trump called acting FBI Director McCabe into his office and asked him how he voted right after he fired Comey. Mueller will interview Trump in the coming weeks personally about Flynn and Comey. Biden told Ross Story and Mitch McConnell blocked Obama from telling us about Russia. The DOJ released more Strzok tests, but they actually show he thought Trump was innocent. Mueller interviewed Sessions and Comey already. And as I predicted, Rabicki is going to be forced out by the FBI because of what he knows about the Comey memos. Tuesday. That's insane. Ready? For, you ready for Wednesday? <laughs> we learned on Wednesday that Mueller's team will question Bannon about Flynn and Comey. We kind of figured that. We also learned that Pompeo has been interviewed by Mueller. He's the director of the CIA. Sarah Sanders, Sarah Huckabee, um, the face, I like to call her the face. <laughs> the block face. Uh, <laughs> she, she was asked in a presser, quote, when Trump says no collusion, does he mean himself or his campaign team? And she answered, he means himself. Okay. Ooh. That's a little telling to me. No one else really picked up on that, but I was like, Meh. The whole thing is about either him or his campaign, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, so... He didn't know what was going on is probably what he's going to go with, right? Yeah, the Iran-Contra defense? Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> That's tough. Uh, Stephen Boyd... Uh, on Wednesday, the very Republican Assistant Attorney General for the Office of Legislative Affairs. I can't believe we have to qualify these hardworking men and women that have dedicated their lives to public service with what political party they are affiliated with. But that's the climate right now. Thank you, GOP. <laughs> so Stephen Boyd wrote Nunez a letter regarding his memo. Jordan is going to go over that letter a little bit later. It's a fantastic letter. I love this letter. Also, Trump had a Trump. Trump Lamont, my favorite Pixies album. No, Trump had an impromptu presser. Uh, where he said, on his way to Davos, where he said he would 100% testify under oath with Mueller. Uh, 100% I'll testify under oath with Mueller. Later, his lawyers had to walk that statement back because they're banging their heads against their desk. <laughs> well, he's going to, so. <laughs> Can you imagine being Trump's lawyer? Oh, my God. Uh, and by the way, a CNN poll shows that 78% of Americans want Trump to testify under oath. Nice. That's uh, good. Wow, yeah. that's a lot higher than I would... Expect. Yeah, that's pretty good. Well, There's you got to think about half of them think that he tells the truth all the time, so yeah. it doesn't matter. They right. Nothing to hide. 59% of Republicans, 93% of Democrats. Yeah. Okay. Uh, also, Manafort's Ooh, lawyers apparently... Yeah, well... <laughs> uh, Manafort's lawyers also uh, apparently mistakenly uploaded their personal notes to the public case docket for all to see. Hmm. Uh, one st- I love this because I just got my PACER ID so I can look at court docket uh, doc- I can look at documents docket documents um, and he uploaded he meant to upload I think a request to push back the trial date because right now it's May 14th but instead he uploaded all of his personal notes 
One standout part is that a, quote, CS1 is mentioned within the Manafort camp, which is legal speak for confidential source one. So there's a mole in Manafort's camp. Ha nice. oh. I think this is one of his aides that has been called to testify in the Mueller grand jury. One of the many. It could be his real estate agent. I don't know. But somebody uh, is is a mole. And Mueller, and also said in these notes, Mueller has subpoenaed that, that information. Wednesday evening, Congress started to shit their pants on Wednesday, okay? Nunes said he wanted to release the memo. He said, I'm going to release the memo. Then the Democrats wrote their own memo in response to the Nunes memo and said they would release their memo. (laughs) Then, Then Chuck Grassley said he wanted to declassify and release the criminal referral that him and Lindsey Graham made to the Department of Justice about Christopher Steele. Okay, remember that? That was a couple episodes ago. Then Blumenthal demanded Grassley release the Donald Trump Jr. Senate Judiciary Committee transcripts from when Donald Trump Jr. testified. And all, it just it started just to go downhill pretty fast. Everyone's like, I'm going to release this. I'm going to release this. I'm going to whip my dick out. Blah, blah, blah. Everyone's going to see. Basically. Yeah. So also on Wednesday, NBC reported that Mike Flynn was actually interviewed by the FBI in his office at the White House two days after he got there in January before Sally Yates warned McGahn about him. And he kept it a secret the whole time. He told nobody in the White House, I think, and this is theory. Now, that's mm-hmm. fact. I'm going into theory. I think he was flipped by those agents, yeah. and I think he's yeah. been working for the sense. FBI that whole time. That makes so much that sense. That would make a lot of sense. For those 18 what, days he was there. Flynn. Holy crap. Because how, how long was he still in there? When What, what was that time period? 18 where, days. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So I think he was, he was working for the FBI for those 18 days, and I think Trump caught wind he was cooperating with the FBI, and that's why he fired him. Oh, my God. What if he... Mm. Right. Making his firing... Another case for obstruction of justice. Just, I'm putting that Cheerio. out there. There's already yeah. two cases for obstruction regarding Flynn, then, if that. I love how my tinfoil hat theories actually come to pass. I think that's a little out there, but I really do honestly think that when the FBI visited him at the at the White House before Sally Yates warned anybody about him, about him warned McGahn, I think he had been cooperating with the FBI wow. since then, and none of them knew. We also learned Sally Yates met extensively with Mueller's team last year, as did Dan Coates. He's the director of National Intel. And Mike Rogers, head of the NSA, National Security Agency. And Mike Pompeo, the CIA director. Those interviews, particularly the Coates and Rogers interviews, would go right to obstruction of justice. Because if you remember, we reported in earlier episodes that Trump had asked them to pressure the FBI to stop their investigation, which is what Nixon did. He used the National Security Agency to pressure the FBI to stop the investigation. Right. Uh, so anyway, that could also help special counsel build an obstruction of justice case. That's Wednesday. Thursday. <laughs> Washington Post reports that the Senate Judiciary Committee will release the transcripts of Donald Trump Jr.'s testimony per Chuck Grassley, of all people. Why is he being so nice all of a sudden? Yeah. In return, Grassley has asked Feinstein to release the Kushner and Manafort transcripts from her Senate Intel Committee interviews. When so, did that happen? Uh, this is all last those, Thursday. Those interviews, though, do you know when those interviews happened? Uh, I'd have to look that okay. up. Okay. Um, but they were, I think, in November and December. Okay. Um, and so I think all those things are going to be released, uh, which is interesting because I hear, uh, hear tell there's a slip up in the DT Jr. interview that his dad actually did know about the June the June 2016 meeting. Interesting. Maggie Haberman and Michael Schmidt. Oh my god. Thursday night, the New York Times dropped the bombshell that Trump 
attempted to fire Mueller in June of 2017. <laughs> I'm going to go into detail on that a bit, a bit later, but holy majoli. That's that's what I thought was the yeah. craziest thing. That oh, yeah. And, and, and I, I often wonder, like, um, Nixon did fire Archibald Cox, and that was the end of it for yeah, him. So. so does this that he tried... But he didn't succeed. So we'll go into that a little bit. If it, yeah, if, if it didn't wind up successful, I don't see Republicans doing anything. Right. They that. almost like saved him from himself. Someone yeah. <laughs> stopped him before it was too late. I'll tell you exactly who stopped him. Uh, when, we're, when we're done with the uh, just the facts, which is ridiculous. Today. <laughs> uh, on Friday, we're to Friday now, you guys. Trump's attorneys are reported to be researching a 1997 case. They're looking at 1990s case law. To avoid, limit, or delay the Trump-Mueller interview. And basically, in that case, in 1997, an appeals court ruled that presidents and their closest advisors enjoy protections against having to disclose information about their decision-making processes or official actions. Further, the court ruled that prosecutors must show that such information contains important evidence that isn't available elsewhere. Hmm. I don't think Mueller will have a problem showing that. But so we'll see. I'm sorry. In layman's terms, what exactly are they asking for? So so basically, uh, in you know, Mueller's asking for an interview with Trump. Mm-hmm. Trump says, "I'll do it," but his lawyers are like, "Don't do it. You're such a liar." Right. Uh, <laughs> basically, yeah, that would be really bad uh, for uh, for you. Uh, and so what Trump's lawyers have done is they found a case from 1997 that's that says that presidents and their closest advisor, advisors enjoy protections against having to disclose information about their decision making processes. Mm-hmm. Or official actions. So that's going to be their defense as to why they don't want Trump to testify with Mueller or to interview with Mueller. They don't have to if it's presidential decision making, which is everything, right? Which is what, yeah, everything. Oh, that's crazy. But they ruled that the prosecutor, they can get them to testify if the prosecutor can show that the information uh, contains important evidence and isn't available elsewhere. Okay, so that's the part that confuses me, I guess. Uh, basically, if if he if the answers he, that Mueller seeks can only be gotten from interviewing Trump, then he can interview him. Okay. If he can oh. get the information from his kids or other people, then that's where he has to get then, it from. Then he might not be able to. Okay. If the information is whether or not Trump knew about that stuff, then then wouldn't that inherently mean it would have to be him and only him. Unless the person who's going to grant the ability to to have the interview, if this does go to court, because you'd have to take it to court, Mm -hmm. uh, if if he can say, um, well, I've got other witnesses testifying he knew. Then they might decide, like Hope like Hicks or something. Uh, right, they wouldn't son. even need him. Yeah. Well, hold up. Couldn't they then just make him testify under oath in front of a grand jury? Because presidents can't get out of that. Because they made Clinton do that. Well, he can subpoena him, but this 1997 case law says that he doesn't have to appear. Hmm. Uh, if <laughs> if his if his information is not important, right, or you can't get it somewhere else, so we'll see what happens. Okay. He's just the president of the United States. It's not important. Yeah, yeah, no big deal. Another thing on Friday, uh, campaign advisor Ferez Farrell. I'm going to call him Farrell. Uh, <laughs> mentioned uh, he he was one of the guys mentioned by Trump along with Papadopoulos and Carter as policy advisors. Oh, he was yeah. interviewed several times by Mueller's team last year about Flynn, the Papadopoulos meeting, and Russia connections with that foreign policy right. meeting. So that's interesting. And the New York Times also reported that Mueller now has memos, notes, and emails about how McGahn tried to carry out Trump's decisions hmm. in a uh, legally appropriate way, and what this documentation includes is a first draft of Trump's letter firing Comey that mentioned the Russia investigation. (laughs) 
So the first draft that he wrote, remember that whole thing that came out that said he fired Comey because of his handling of the Clinton email? Right. The first draft said it was because of Russia. Did he <laughs> so, cross it out? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> so apparently Mueller has that. So Lovely. Democrats, uh, another uh, news story that came out Friday, Democrats are back on the task of crafting legislation to protect Mueller since this mm-hmm. news came out. I'm very excited about that. I really want that to happen. Uh, Tillis, uh, Tom Tillis, had that legislation going, and Trump pressured him to drop it. Another obstruction of justice. Oh my so God. we'll Hold see. Hold up. Yeah? Do you really think that that'll pass, though? Uh, I, just I like, don't. That's what don't? I was just thinking, is yeah. how many GOP members have actually turned against Trump actively yet? I don't know if it's enough. But I it's don't. just the Senate, right? But then they will be on the record as voting against it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, it. that's politically important. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. On Friday, Dianne Feinstein, DiFi, sent out a list of letters... To the following people, and this is a bunch of letters where mm-hmm. she wants an interview and she's demanding documentation. And I'm going to put uh, in, in the newsletter, if you subscribe, you're going to get a list of all these letters. Okay. And here they, I'm just going to give you the letters, the people she sent letters to. Bannon, Caputo, Carroyo, Erickson, Forsman, Rona Graf, Griffin, Keene, Kellogg, uh, Lewandowski, Mashburn, Mermode, McGann, Amanda Miller, and Stephen Miller, Sergey Milian, and Sean Spicer. <laughs> She's angry. <laughs> She's like pissed. the let me speak to your manager. Like, <laughs> She's really mad. <laughs> she doesn't have a manager speak to manager haircut, though. Oh, so fair it's, enough. It's fair interesting. Enough. But the details about these letters will be in our newsletter. You can get by subscribing to Miller She Wrote on Patreon. Okay, now, you guys. We have made it through this week's Just the Facts. Oh my God, it only took half the whole episode. Not bad. (laughs) I'd like to hand it over to Jaleesa now. She's going to talk a little bit more about the news that broke relating to the the Dutch. Dutch. There are only two things I can't stand in this world. People who are intolerant of other people's cultures and the Dutch. Yes. So we just found out, we being the public, uh, on Thursday that the Dutch has been our friend in this whole Russian hacking thing for a while. Basically, since 2014, uh, the Dutch have had access to a major Russian hacking group called Cozy Bear. I guess Jeez. why are they always such everybody like all the people and all the entities have such ridiculous names. That's I love, true. I love Cozy Bear and Fancy Bear, and here's my number one reason. There was a Lana quote that cried. came out of Watergate that said, "We're on a bear hunt, and you're chasing rabbits." Those are the people who were trying to distract from the Watergate scandal. We're on a bear hunt and you're chasing rabbits. And for the GOP right now, I guess it's rabbit season. (laughs) I love it. uh, Yeah. They're they're just like, we're just like a little furry organization. Yeah. Don't mind us. We're just just over here. Yeah. They're furries. That's what it is. (laughs) They're fucking furries. I wouldn't put it past Putin. Just waiting for one to be called the frisky guinea pig. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. That'd be so spot on. I like it. Oh, man. So, okay. Basically, um, on Thursday, we found out this new because a Dutch newspaper called uh, Volkskrant, which means the people's newspaper, which is cute considering this report, uh, <laughs> they basically just said that um, that they have had this access to this Russian group since 2014. And the first time that there was an attack that they noticed was uh, the DNC hacking and the State Department. So they actually were able to monitor these Russian hackers and track them and capture footage of them in the act so it's it's so specific. Yeah, they were able to track down yeah, their, their location. Their their yeah, they did. That's why people put tape over the little. Exactly. Thing. Yeah, Mark Zuckerberg was trying to warn us. I, it's, I it's feel real. like hackers should know that. Guess who's not smart enough? Well, I wouldn't have known. They'll catch me in anything. Do you really 
think Trump would have known that? No. I think Trump's just like me. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I'm not going to put tape over my camera. The camera loves me. (laughs) Exactly. He's like, I'm on photo booth all day. Oh, that's great. (laughs) Snap, snap, snap. I love it. You guys, this thing makes your right half of your face your left half of your face. (laughs) Give my good side. Uh, so basically, the Dutch government immediately alerted the U.S. about this, and at the time, um, the NSA was was well aware uh, as a result, but uh, we just found out for the first time that this group was the Netherlands. So that's really cool, because um, I, I don't really know much about the Netherlands, and so just to know that they're looking out for us and, like, spying for us is really nice. I think that was cool. And, uh, of course, Putin's spokesperson, Dmitry Peskov, denied the Dutch reports, calling them untrustworthy and stating, if Dutch newspapers want to add fuel to the fire of anti-Russian hysteria that exists in America, this is not the most noble occupation. No, of course, you, you have a much more noble occupation. You read that in a Russian accent, that this is not the most noble occupation. Ooh, very good. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, that's where we are now. And uh, the crazy thing is that we're not the only, you know, country that Russia has done this to. It's already been proven that it's been done to 19 other European countries. So the fact that Europe has actually been more aggressive about the way they handle this. And then Trump is just like, well, you know, he said he didn't meddle. So, well, he's got this big ego where he's like, if I admit for one second that Russia meddled in our elections, it it delegitimizes my win. Exactly. And he's so big on win because his, he's got such a micro pain. Right. Even if he right. thinks he's innocent, he's just way too, like, you know, egocentric to let it go. So it's just sad that we're the country that everyone's looking to. Like, hey, guys, they're Do you hacking think you. Do you think tans is micro pain or does that? Oh, good, good question. <laughs> Sorry. We need well, to tweet him. And bleaches just... his asshole also. <laughs> that's, that's my theory, that he's got untreated syphilis. And it's it just, just drips right off. His mind. Wow. Yeah. Just like, uh, what's his face? Scarface? Or... Yeah. yeah. So that's why he doesn't spray tan his micro pain because the, the, the drip just takes it right off. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> I oh my god, it. that's so gross. I'm so <laughs> sorry. Oh no, don't worry about it. We're sorry. explicit. Sorry. <laughs> I feel Canadian. Sorry. So just you know, to wrap it up, um, the the British Prime Minister Theresa May, we love her. Um, she said to the Russians, "We kind of love her." I was well, going to say okay. she's also kind of a bitch. True, you know what, Hillary? You know what? This makes strange bedfellows. Okay, I never thought I would like Ray. I never thought I would like Comey. You're right. I, I guess I would recently like I've loved her. More I mean, than she's ever. a nationalist herself. So no, yeah, she's very far. She's pretty far right. Yeah. Oh, you know what? All so it must considered. all be in the context, like you're saying, AG, about the Trump Russia. Well, she's just like a normal conservative in comparison (laughs) what's true is other countries conservatives are our democrats yeah Uh, when when i talk to my friends from canada they're like uh yeah so our conservative party and i'm like so the democrats and they're like yeah yeah wow it shifted so much yeah, except yeah. us. Yeah. So okay, we, we, we love her now. Right. Fucking crazy yeah, people. Yeah, we, we could just we could just uh, like equate it to the fact that we don't use the metric system. There you, yeah, go. There you go. Yeah. Um. She just told Russia basically. Uh. So I have a very simple message for Russia. We know what you're doing, and you will not succeed. The UK will do what is necessary to protect ourselves and work with our allies to do likewise. So um, basically, people are just looking to Trump or you know the White House, anyone there to say something similar. <laughs> Even conservative racists. Just are anyone. Like Trump yeah. is a dick. That's, that's how bad it is. Yeah. So wow. we're well, like thanks. a laughing stock. Yeah. We are. And and, and I, I will point out if you do get to see the video of him, of Trump in Davos, uh, talking about how uh, this whole 
him trying to fire, fire Mueller was fake news. He got booed and hissed. Oh, yeah. And then he was disinvited to a bunch of cocktail parties. Oh, my gosh. That's so great. Uh, <laughs> I mean, how sad for him. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you, Julissa. That's amazing. Amazing reporting. Of course. I appreciate thank you. you. And now I want to hand it over to Jordan. You've got some details for us about the Nunez memo. Hashtag release the memo. Yes. So trending hashtag. Uh, David Nunez. From Russian bots. Yeah. <laughs> From Cozy Bear and uh, <laughs> nice. Fancy Bear. Dude, maybe we should make little bears. Like, Aww, or a, like a Cozy Bear yeah. and a Fancy Bear. I love it. And, and there's a little camera inside of it. Oh my god. Yeah, cozy so Bear on the shelf. In Russian, like Teddy Rush, Rush, Ruxpin, but Russian. Kapramat. Kapramat. Yeah, disinformatia. Can we do this? Yeah. We should tweet Build a Bear and see what we can do. Oh, oh my god. That's expensive shit right there. If you. Subscribe at yeah, the hundred dollar a month level. Like, <laughs> private label. There you, go. you get Trump's confession. I'll send you a cozy bear and a bottle of wine. There I went to a go. birthday party of Build a Bear once as a cozy child. Bear sounds like a sex club somewhere. They had you were a child when they had Build a Bear. I was. Yeah, I'm like 14. That shit came out when I was in the yeah. Navy. Build a Bear started when I was. When did it, when did it start? I was. I had to be like 15. It was going strong now. when I was like 10. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I would have been yeah. like 13 when I was just too old, but I remember it being there. <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah. 15 years ago, I was... <laughs> All right, so take it away, Jordan. All right, so David Nunez, head of House Intelligence Committee, has been talking a lot about wanting to release this memo, release the memo, hashtag, uh, that's calling out the FBI and the DOJ for how they obtained the FISA warrant. They're saying that they used the dossier to obtain the warrant, and because... All the warrants. Multiple warrants. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> All they, the warrants. Sorry. Spying on <laughs> Russia. Right. Okay, where, because this is back, this goes back to when Trump was like, they wiretapped me. Oh, yeah. They, oh, they did. They yeah. wiretapped Essentially, all the information they've obtained, <laughs> you're saying. <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, oh, God, imagine this. Our, our intelligence agencies are intercepting Russian communications... Oh my God! Oh oh oh! And look, Trump's on the other end of the phone. That's weird. <laughs> yeah. And now you're and they're and they're trying to yeah. blame and they're trying to blame the origination of this all on the dossier that you know they're oh of gosh. course questioning throughout mm-hmm. the entire process of its release. But right, uh, they still think the dossier is is bogus. So they're like anything based on the dossier is bogus too. Yes. I mean, um, you could show them the P tape and they would still think it's bogus. I want to yeah, see yeah. the P tape. They would be like, "That was staged. That's an actor." It's probably yeah, someone on, should leak it on. That's like out. some black mirror shit. I'm sure yeah, it's yeah. probably on the dark internet deep in there Dude, somewhere. It's probably on porn. She's <laughs> <laughs> hidden under like a different name. Yeah. Shit. Can't wait. It's, um, under, it's under Hamilton Act One. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yes, so also just a refresher, FISA stands for Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act. Just a little, and, just a little refresher. And FISC Secret is courts the with no oversight. Uh, uh, Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court. You, you petition the, the FISC to get a FISA. Got it, okay. So in this memo, it is uh, supposedly, it's being reported that it calls out Comey, McCabe, and Rosenstein. And uh, the Assistant Attorney General of Legislative Affairs, as Stephen Boyd, as AG mentioned in the beginning, told Nunez this week that it would be reckless, extraordinarily reckless, to release info publicly without allowing the FBI and the Department of Justice to review the memo and to advise the committee on the risk of harm to national security and to ongoing investigations that could come from public release of this document. So, uh, of course, uh, you know, the GOP... I don't want to just generalize the entire GOP because I'm a believer that there's... I'm married to a Republican. (laughs) What? (laughs) 
<laughs> He's a Reagan Republican. Uh, he voted for Bernie Sanders. Uh, he gives me hope. He's so sweet. He he he's a Reagan Republican. He's just a fiscal conservative. He's right. for okay. smaller government or tighter government. Okay. I love it. Tighter. Yeah, the general okay. population is different than the people who are in charge. That's a good this point. This is true. Yeah. This is pre Tea Party era. Yeah. So yeah. The oh, yeah. Republican is is. I wish that the Republicans would finally split and and define themselves as they ought to be. They they ought to be called right wing or right. white nationalists. Exactly. And then the actual Republican But we're in party. the beginning yeah. of this because whole shift though. They're probably I not really gonna... miss debating intelligently with Republicans about <laughs> oh, yeah. the size of government. Like oh, yeah. I we used to have, have all these all yeah. great debates about That's just know, a basic economic principle debate. That <laughs> makes sense. Right. You don't bring social into it. it mm-hmm. and it, it was about when Bush started going on when when Roe, mm-hmm. when Karl Roe got involved that it started becoming religious and moral. Yeah. Yeah, and that's when it got twisted and fucked up. And and anyway, so please, please continue. Yes. Um, <laughs> so uh, instead, Stephen Boyd suggested to Nunes that he instead offer the memo to the Department of Justice Inspector General Michael Horowitz, and then they could imp- appropriately investigate any alleged wrong wrongdoing by the FBI or other department personnel independently, and then assess whether release of the memo would impair its ability to do that investigation. Right, and that's a guy who didn't text his lover about Trump. <laughs> yeah. Right, so, he, so he's, he's a non-biased... So he's legit. <laughs> I just, wasn't there a whole thing with the Comey memo being like, he just wrote it down, doesn't mean it's true, and now they're all... Like, yeah. they got a massive heart on for this Nunez oh, man. Yeah, they're like, hey, man, strong. he just, it's the same argument. He just wrote it down. Doesn't yeah. make it true. Yeah. Like, and, and the problem is that, that here, okay, that whole Ray Rosenstein um, Ryan meeting, the, the mm-hmm. triple R meeting, I don't know what to call it. <laughs> triple sticks. Uh, uh, the, the Ray Rosenstein Ryan meeting that happened contemporaneously, spontaneously on Capitol Hill, is when they were talking about basically Nunez a while ago uh, petitioned the Department of Justice to turn over all evidence uh, of all the investigative information on Trump, on the Trump-Russia thing, and he wanted to interview all uh, all of the FBI agents that were involved in the investigation. And that included Rubicki, remember? And that's mm-hmm. why I was like, oh, ooh, you're going oh, to fuck Rubicki. Uh, he's <laughs> one of the Comey Five. So that that all came out at that time. And and so, so basically, when they met, Ryan said, nope, Rosenstein, sorry, we're going to I'm going to back Nunez on this. And they had to hand over all this evidence, but with very strict stipulations. Like, this is super highly classified stuff. Most of you don't know about this. I'm going to show it to you in a closed room. You can see it. Schiff can see it. He's the ranking member. Uh, Ranking member means the highest Democrat, highest minority person. Adam Schiff can see it. And two staffers each can see it. And then there's one particular piece of information that is so classified that only I, myself, Ray, will hand carry it to you, Nunez, and hold it while you look at it. You weren't allowed to touch it. <laughs> like, it was that classified. And then Nunez went and just shared it with... Yeah. Uh, and then he based the memo on all these things, which he didn't even get all the information. As you as you pointed out in the Department of Justice letter from Stephen Boyd, you don't even have all the information. There's stuff we couldn't show you because it's so highly classified, yes. and you are basing your memo on things that you don't even know about. Yeah. Classic case of get an inch, take a mile. He's allowed to look at these documents that it was even in debate that he should be allowed to look at. And then now he wants to release his whole memo to the public. And, of course, this is an extremely reasonable request by the inspector general just saying, just let us do our job. Let the department do our job. We'll go through and we'll go ahead and we'll do the investigations that we need to that might come from the points you're raising. But, of course, 
My prediction is that Nunez is uh, going to keep pushing forward with the release of the memo because if he can't do this, if he can't release it to the public, then he wouldn't be able to create hysteria against the FBI and the DOG, right. which is Well, DOJ. I have a theory that he knew the whole time because it was so classified when he wrote the memo that oh. the DOJ would object to it, which makes it puts him in the position of saying the DOJ is biased. Yeah. 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 It's more useful to them if they don't release it, just politically. It is. That's mm-hmm. why I want yeah. it released, but please redact the stuff that could hurt the United States yeah, of America. True. And he's in a tough district to win, so he's got to oh, play yeah. all the cards. Yeah, well, everyone's going to get their ass kicked in oh, November. <laughs> so, and the other thing to, to keep in mind is this memo uh, might paint Rosenstein in a bad light. Mm-hmm. Due to reporting from the Daily Beast and indicating the memo, like you said, names Rosenstein, McCabe, and Comey. And if released, these three will face more opposition from the tinfoil hats on the right. Uh, remember when I said to review episode eight? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you hadn't heard it, go do it. Um, that's when I mentioned Adam Schiff's assertion that worse than firing Mueller directly would be the firing of Rosenstein to install a deputy AG that would put the kibosh on the Mueller investigation. Right. Yeah. And now, right now, uh, Trump is fuming now that he's come back from Switzerland. Mm-hmm. He's fuming about this, and he might actually fire Rosenstein. So we have to keep an eye on that. Jordan, thank you so much for yes, for going course. into that. All right, so I want to discuss the incredible report that dropped Thursday from the New York Times that Trump attempted to fire Mueller in June of 2017. Mueller was appointed the month before by Rod Rosenstein uh, after the firing of the FBI director, James Comey. The reason uh, that Trump conjured for justification of the remo- removal of Mueller is hilarious. First of all, he said that Mueller's firm pulled out of one of Trump's golf clubs over a fee dispute. He quit the golf club, and Trump didn't pay him back. Trump what? wouldn't. <laughs> Trump wouldn't give somebody their money oh, back? Oh, crazy, yeah. <laughs> That's insane. Uh, he also uh, said that Mueller's firm used to represent Kushner, and that Mueller had been interviewed for the FBI director job the day before Rosenstein appointed Mueller as special counsel. I think that's bullshit. That's really weird. Uh, Mueller would have recused himself from this if, if that were the case. Oh. So Mueller had done the job and was retired. Why would he want it again? Yeah, and there's actually an an eight-year max, but he was added on for an extra two years by Obama. That's right. Yeah. At, even though he's a Republican super conservative, because he's so awesome. <laughs> he's that good. Sexy justice. <laughs> uh, since uh, Sessions... Every time you say that, I picture, like... Or you said you had an Instagram account, like, pictures of, like, Mueller photoshopped on, like, bikini bodies. <laughs> oh, that's what, yeah. our, that's what our calendar <laughs> is going to be. Sexy yeah. Mueller. It's pretty awesome. We're on it, man. I, ju- I, just want Mo- I just want Mueller's fantastic face. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's important to note, by the way, that he's a hero. He's a United States hero. He's a Marine. Definitely. He yeah. volunteered to go to Vietnam, unlike some people who ran away from it for fake bone spurs. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, so he's actually a patriot. He's won a Purple Heart and a Bronze Star. Um, he, he, he won my heart. He was a... <laughs> he's a His service record's a battalion captain. He's just... He's triple sticks. He's a Boy Scout. Oh, yeah. Uh, now, okay... I've heard tell that it was three sticks. Bobby, three sticks. Oh. Maybe I added the triple. I like triple. Uh, That's your yeah, spin, your personal spin. Bobby, three sticks on is Wikipedia. It, is it Bobby, three okay. sticks? Okay, yeah. nice. Oh, damn Wikipedia. All right. I so love it. I like triple sticks. It's got better alliteration. <laughs> it does. So anyway, Sessions was recused two months earlier from this, and he would have had to have, uh, he would have, had to have Rosenstein fire Mueller, um, and he just appointed him. So that wouldn't have worked out, right? So when McGahn... You know, when Trump asked McGahn to call the DOJ and have him fire Mueller, that's ridiculous because right. he ju- it would have had to have been Rosenstein. Rosenstein would have quit and then would have had to go on to with a third person who would have been Bente, but wasn't because he was fired. Mm-hmm. But it, I, anyway, it would have been another Saturday Night Massacre. So he, they would have likely refused. Um, 
and McGahn refused to make the call. Uh, and he threatened resignation. Mm-hmm. He said, I will resign if you make me do this. Uh, this wow. is not necessarily because he felt it was morally wrong, but he felt it would be a threat to the presidency mm-hmm. uh, if he forced um, yeah. the Department of Justice to fire Mueller. Which is dirty. Both, yeah, He's yeah, so both dirty. are true. I also read like a Seth Abramson, um, Seth Abramson um, thread where he's like, also... He has to stay Trump's the the lawyer there because then it's harder for them to interview him as a witness. Oh, without him. Without him. So Good point. him threatening to resign would have like extra fucked Trump. Yeah, so that's yeah. That's why Trump was like, no. Oh, Trump knows better. Yeah. I mean, I mean, McGahn has the same lawyer that Priebus and Bannon has. It would be really against his best. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know. Trump is pretty stupid. I was going to say, I was gonna I say I've never forth. heard that said ever. I, Trump knows both. better. He's, he's a never. genius, but he's a genius in certain areas. Not politically, though. He's a genius he's, when it comes to reality TV. And and maybe, that doesn't make you a genius. Yeah. I think it makes, I, it's a skill. I object on behalf yeah. of geniuses everywhere. <laughs> well, like a caveman invented reality. I'm the minority no, here. <laughs> if I wanted to make a bunch of money, I would say I was born again and become a country music star. That, and if you were successful, you'd be a genius. I, I am already a genius. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> That's to also the American true. People. Good point. Good point. <laughs> That'd be great though at the Country Music Awards coming out to accept my award and be going like for the last three years, guys. I'm an atheist. Fuck y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I think that would just be no. funny. An evil genius is what they call that. <laughs> oh, ooh. <laughs> So anyway, this is just the latest in a long list of potential incidents of obstruction of justice. I attempted to put a list together this morning uh, after I woke up uh, of, of obstructions of justice. Okay, ready? Number one, ask Comey for loyalty. Number two, mm-hmm. pressured Comey to stop the Russia investigation. Number three, pressured Coates of the NSA to stop the FBI investigation. Number four, pressured Rogers to stop the FBI investigation. And number five, pressured Pompeo of the CIA to stop the FBI investigation. Number six, pressured Burr, Senate Judiciary Committee Chair, to stop the investigating uh, investigation into Russia. Number seven, pressured several senators on the Senate Judiciary Committee to pressure Burr to stop investigating Russia. Number eight, ordered Sessions to release... One negative story per day about Comey. Number nine, ordered McGahn. <laughs> ordered McGahn, the White House attorney, to pressure Sessions not to recuse so he could, quote, protect him. Number 10, exploded in anger when Sessions re- refused uh, to not recuse himself because he was supposed to, quote, protect him. Fired Jim Comey because of the Russia investigation. Number 12, fired Bente, acting attorney general at one point, because he was assisting the FBI in their investigation of the Russian interference. Number 13, fired Sally Yates, acting AG, because of her knowledge of Flynn's ties to Russia. Number 14, asked McCabe for loyalty, deputy director of the FBI, uh, asked him who he voted for. Uh, number 15, ordered McGahn to fire Mueller. Number 16, had Baker, the OGC of the FBI, the general counsel of the FBI, reassigned for corroborating the Comey memos. Number 17, ordered Ray, the FBI director, to fire McCabe for his knowledge of the Comey memos. Number 18, forced McCabe to retire at the age of 49 for his involvement in the Comey memos. Number 19, fired Rebicki. Uh, he's the, uh, one of the senior FBI officials for his knowledge of the Comey memos. Number 20, fired Reince Priebus for his knowledge of the Comey memos. And number 21, pressured Tom Tillis to drop his legislation to protect the special counsel. And now to add one more is this week's sabotage. <laughs> Back on January 5th, I tweeted about an overlooked detail about the Ray Rosenstein-Ryan meeting on Capitol Hill that Nunes wanted to interview several FBI agents involved in the Russian investigation, including Rubicki. We had been reporting on this uh, on this show 
for a long time that the Comey Five, those are the five high-ranking FBI officials that Comey told about his memos, uh, that they were targets of the GOP. I tweeted about this um, Rebicki interview detail, and it was picked up by MSNBC. Thank you. <laughs> and remember, this past Tuesday, Rebicki announced he was leaving the FBI. Well, late last night, you guys, late last night, Foreign Policy reports that Trump ordered the targeting of McCabe, Baker, and Rebicki. Trump ordered it. Wow. They did Idiot. not, they oh did not mention the other two, Bowditch and Gaddis. Gaddis. I don't, I, I don't want to say goddess because that sounds awesome. Yeah, too much credit. Gaddis. But I'm telling you guys, keep your eyes open for the early retirements of Bowditch and Gaddis. It's so Holy sad, shit. but yeah, there's a pattern oh, there. God. All right. Or at least they get like a, a pension. <laughs> if, if they can resign or retire, yes. All right, you guys ready for uh, this week's Fantasy Indictment League? And thank you, Jeff Macias, for creating a chart for us. This yeah. is fantastic. But I do have to make some changes. I have to add McGann to the plea deal list, along with Bannon. And I have to take Rick Gates out of the amended indictment section and move him to the plea deal category. Okay. Yes. Looks like he's flipping. Yeah. Yes. Gates is flipping. I've been wrong before. I've been wrong before. But I feel a Mueller Monday coming on. Nice. State of the Union is on Tuesday. He's been in Davos all week. This fevered pitch, Senate, ridiculous, I'm going to release everything party, Mm -hmm. has gone absolutely insane. We know now that he tried to fire Mueller. I think that this Monday, in a strategic play, a play of strategy, (laughs) that I think some indictments are going to be announced. I personally think the three are Kushner, Cohn, and who did I have? It's on the list. Oh, yeah. You know, we'll put we'll put. Put it right up. There, yeah. Kushner's the big fish. I think he might be indicted this Monday. So, anyway, guys, I really want to thank you for listening to Mueller, She Wrote. We are produced by me. Uh, <laughs> sound is by Jaleesa Johnson. Yeah. Media marketing by Jordan Coburn. Web design and art by Joel Reeder at Moxie Design Studios. This week's guest has been ben- Brendan Woodruff. Oh, hi. <laughs> Sorry, I was just nodding like, yes, it was me. <laughs> We'd like to thank Shannon Woodward for tweeting us out. Our first celebrity endorsement, you guys. Yeah. Oh, we loved you in Raising oh, Hope right. in Westworld. I'm so excited about that. We would love to get you on the podcast, Shannon, yes. if you're interested, on a call-in for five minutes to tell us your feelings about Trump. That would mm-hmm, be fantastic. Mm-hmm. Thanks to Nick Carcano or Carsano for your kind words about episode 11. Finally, thank you to Sally Cohn for the incredible facial expressions while appearing on CNN with Ben Ferguson. <laughs> you made my week. Oh, he Ben Ferguson is, by the way, he's a right-wing nut job who still thinks there's a secret society. <laughs> that, that text was clearly a joke. Like I, re- like, I read that whole exchange and that was... I hope so. Oh, my God, how dumb are people? People are so dumb. That or they're just purely operating on bad faith and I can't tell the difference. That's probably what it is, yeah. the latter. Well, I put out a post uh, this week and I won't tell you under what name because it's my real name. Right. <laughs> All right, here we go. At this point, if you think Trump is innocent, then you just do not understand what obstruction of justice is. And that makes sense, since Trump supporters are statistically undereducated. It's not your fault. You're the product of a systematic dumbing down of the electorate so that the wealthy can get candidates that make them wealthier. You are powerless to it. 
I'm actually kind of jealous of your ignorant bullet. <laughs> oh, God. Right. Who Ooh. said that? Who is, that is this savage. person? A- oh, AG. Sorry. That was. <laughs> For some reason, it was like a politician. No, all right, all right. Good speech, though, right? I did. Well, AG is an attorney general, you guys. There you go. I was on an emotional roller coaster because you make very good points, and I was like, you know what? It's like the harsh truth. Like honestly, it's Mm. like we're aware of the you know dumbing down of. I feel like it's compassionate because it's like giving them a pass a little bit. It's not your fault. You're so fucking stupid. (laughs) That's <laughs> okay. You're, you're a dummy. How will they respond though? It is a condescending tough. pity though. Yeah. I have yeah. some pretty, pretty yeah. gross responses like, well, you don't even know. But that's what makes you who you are at the same time. It's like, I totally get the bluntness. It's needed. Well, my girlfriend didn't finish high school and she's smart enough to figure all this out. So, like, so, come but on. But there, there is truth to the fact that some people are, are systematically like victims. They just don't even know. I it. also feel like there was a bunch of lead in the gasoline for a long time. <laughs> Fair and enough. And probably true. dumbed a whole bunch of people down until we got rid of that. You know what? We just talked about that on Science Faction. I'm on another podcast, you guys, called oh, Science Faction. Oh, shout out. Yeah. And it turns out the dumbing down of America could be due to leaded gasoline. That is no. so funny that you bring that oh up. I like the smell of gasoline. Me I too. used to that smell it as a, a child. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. my favorite smell. I mean, they haven't had lead in it in like 38 years. It probably didn't. Yeah, you guys aren't old enough, but it probably didn't do the same damage to me as all the ether and whippets that I inhaled. Oh, no. E.G. But, hey, I'm a doctor. That's true. Hey. Uh, I can get away with it. I have IQ points to spare. There you go. But if you're on the train to idiot town, maybe don't. Yeah, S.O.L. (laughs) <laughs> that's true you guys this has been a really really fun episode I'm so excited that we got through everything mm-hmm. I've been Jaleesa Johnson I've been Jordan Coburn I've been Brendan Woodruff and I am AG tune in next week we have a veteran who is a bull rider probably <laughs> from somewhere in the I don't know Texas maybe and he's awesome you guys he is a a, a Republican turned Democrat He is anti-Trump, and we're going to have him on the phone next week. Please stay tuned. Please subscribe to us on Patreon, and I I really look forward to talking to you next week. Have a great night. This has been Mueller, She Wrote. Hi, this is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven-part true crime podcast called Lawyers, Guns, and Money that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct. From Jack Bryan, the director of American PSYOP, comes the incredible true story of John Mattis, a newly sworn in Miami public defender in the 1980s who has found himself completely in over his head. I step off the plane and there is a van with a couple guys with Uzis. And one of them in broken English said, welcome to Bogota, John. Mattis's first felony defendant has been arrested for having a machine gun and tells Mattis a dangerous secret. He was shipping arms into Central America on behalf of the CIA, as a first-time lawyer, I want to act like I know what I'm doing. But with the help of a Colombian drug smuggler... How much money the CIA raised by hitting up drug dealers? A lot of money, millions of dollars. An Alabama mercenary... They were prepared to die to the last man. I saw this in them. I saw the fire in their eyes. And they made me their war chief. And a newly elected senator, John Kerry... We are looking at allegations of drug running, gun smuggling, conspiracy to commit murder and murder itself. He'll fight to free his client. The judge said, show me in a courtroom how we were at war. 
expose an illegal war being run by the White House. I mean, I wanted him involved, but I didn't want to be on record as doing it. And somehow stay alive in the process. I just escaped a kidnapping by the CIA in Costa Rica. This is lawyers, guns, and money. So you have a man in Armani suit standing on the bow of a boat with a rocket launcher and says, if I lose sight of you, I will launch. You will be vaporized. Available everywhere starting October 29th. Or get it ad-free and early starting October 22nd at lawyersgunsandmoney.supercast.com. There you'll find bonus episodes along with exclusive content. Subscribe now.